Welcome to a very special edition of the Criminal Issues Podcast. I'm a giggling Woody Womack. Joined. He's back. Guess what? The people have spoken. He came back. Rob Cassidy. Rob, how's it going? Yeah, just for a special edition. Uh, I, I'm only here for my friend Nick. Okay. And of course, uh, joining us from Austin, Texas, Nick Kruger. Nick, how are you today? I'm doing doing very well. Very. Uh, it's a very somber yet exciting moment for me here today. We're gonna make it. We're gonna allude to a bunch of weird things that you guys don't know what we're talking about. But uh, that's what makes this show great. And hopefully, you'll pick up on the joke by the end of the show. We want to remind people: leave us a review on iTunes. I got an IRL iTunes review last week at a grocery store in Anderson, South Carolina, which was uh, pretty interesting. I'll tell that story at the end of the show. And uh, we did get one new iTunes review, which we'll hopefully read at the end of the show. So let's jump right into it. Rob, you went four and one in week one in the picks, and then you ghosted us. Since then, uh, <laughs> Nick and I now have gone. Nick is, <laughs> Nick, is, <laughs> Nick is now 11 and nine. So That's not uh, bad. Winning. Uh, for some reason, I can't connect to the Google Doc, and I am, uh, of course, uh, nine and eleven because I'm terrible. <laughs> That's games. really not bad for you, though. Well, not yet. I mean, you keep in mind it's, what week is it? You know, <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> we deal. Yeah, we deal in degrees of losses here. Uh, well, what's funny is the amount of times that we're talking on Saturday, and I'm like. What did I pick? And then I end up going against it uh, myself. So I fade myself. I would advise people to do that too. Let's jump into the picks. We're going to go fast and furious here. Number one, Oregon at Cal. The Ducks, of course, blew that game last week in embarrassing fashion. Two and a half point favorites on the road to Cal. I am going to take Oregon. I think they're a good team. I think they're better than Stanford. I think there might be a top 15 team. There is going to be some hangover. I think Cal will give them a little bit of problems, but uh, I like the Ducks. Rob, what do you think? Yeah, give me Oregon. I think talent generally wins out. I think Cal's got a fun offense, but I think that Oregon wins a shootout. Nick, what do you think? I'll take Oregon as well. All right, moving on. West Virginia at Texas Tech. This one could be a trap for the Mountaineers. They're three-and-a-half-point favorites. We saw Texas Tech uh, stun Oklahoma State last week, uh, easily winning that game. Mm. But guess what? I'm going with uh, Will Greer uh, and the amount of points they gave up to open the year against Ole Miss as an eye-opener. I think uh, West Virginia lights them up, Rob. This is the Rob Cassidy lock of the decade. Texas Oklahoma State is not good. I, I don't know where we've decided that Oklahoma State's a good football team. Texas Tech beat another bad football team. West Virginia is going to outscore them. It, it, it's just that simple by a lot. It's going to be another Tennessee situation, I think. West Virginia rules. Nick? Ooh, I think I, I think I'm taking Texas Tech here, boys. <laughs> wow, rolling with the Red Raiders. We got burned yeah. a couple. We got burned a couple weeks ago. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I it, it's. I just have a feeling that line is so low. I just have a feeling it's going to be an easy win for West Virginia. But we have seen them struggle at times in Big Twelve play, especially it's a long road trip. What has um, Texas Tech done that convinces us that they're good at all? Oklahoma State doesn't have good players left. Everybody left. <laughs> well, well, I was telling I was telling Woody. I mean, the, you know, in the game that the game that I had been watching Oklahoma State before last week, I you know, I was saying their defense looked a little bit tricky. I was a little surprised they they didn't do so well. Uh, you know, the following week, and then you know, Texas Tech. I mean, what can you say about our boy Alan Bowman just throwing for all kinds of yards? You know, Cliff Kingsbury is coaching for his uh, for his job this season. You know, seems to have finally found a quarterback that works. I, you know, if this was in West Virginia. 
I would probably choose the Mountaineers, but I'm going to go with Texas Tech here. All right. Ohio State trying to silence uh, <laughs> the White <laughs> Penn State. Uh, three and a half point. They come in three and a half point favorites. I feel like, uh, I don't know. I I felt like Ohio State was going to win, but today I'm switching my pick just at this very moment and I'm taking Penn State. Rob, what do you think? This is tough. I Those night games at Penn State are tricky. I, Penn State has looked bad in spurts in, in the opening games. Like it seems like they're every weekend, you know, I get a text that's like Penn State's going to lose and then I end up losing, but they look bad for a while. I, I don't know if you can pull that off against Ohio State. If they, you know, if they have a bad first or second quarter against the Buckeyes, they'll get buried. I'm going to take Ohio State here, but I don't feel particularly good about it. I, I was I was just about to say a lot of the same things you said, Rob. But I but I think too, you know, I, I remember when when uh, Dennis Haskins was coming out of high school, like you know, our, our friend <laughs> who? Dwayne. Dwayne. Dwayne yeah, Hey, well, listen, anybody who listens to this show knows that I'm not a name person, flat out. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I had to work with Woody for a decade before I got his name right. So, the, the but Haskins, Haskins has been much better, I think, coming, you know, as a college player than I thought he was going to be coming out of high school. And, and watching that game against uh, TCU, you know, very intently, I was pretty impressed with what I saw there. So, I think, like you said, Rob, I mean, Penn State's been a little inconsistent as far, you know, through through the course of an entire game. And I think if Haskins gets rolling early, then, you know, uh, Dwayne will be uh will lead them to a victory. Wait, this Ohio State silence the silence the whiteout fire is still up. I'm surprised they have not thought better of this yet. I set the over under at noon. We may get there. Uh, do you guys know who Dennis Haskins is? Is an actor? Yeah. Do you know which actor it is? Uh, no, I do not. It's Mr. Belding. <laughs> 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 to be fair, you know, he is a lot better than some people think he is. Kruger yeah. was yeah. on to something. <laughs> he's, he's definitely sneaky, sneaky productive. So, so Nick, who did you take? Ohio State or Penn State? Let's see if he's laughing. Yeah, Ohio, State. Oh, okay. Ohio State. My bad. All right. Uh, and Rob, you said you feel bad about the pick. Is that ethically or is that football reasons? <laughs> no, football reasons. Like, I, I really ethically too, but football reasons because I really don't like picking against Penn State at those n- big night games at, at home. They seem to real they always seem to win those games for whatever reason all right next up stanford a five and a half point underdog going to notre dame and uh so far you know we got a lot of road favorites this time the irish are favored and guess what i think they're going to shut down stanford i've been impressed with notre dame's defense this year uh stanford as i mentioned was getting blown out until one of the most one of the craziest comebacks i've ever seen and i'm gonna use that again to my advantage and i'm taking notre dame rob what do you think I'm a little bit concerned with how closely our picks align, Womack. Yeah, so go against me. That's the strategy, right? No, I don't know. I, I'm not going to pick against myself just because I, I, I'm scared to be on your side. So, you know, I'll agree with you and I'll take, I'll take the, the Irish. Okay. Nick? Well, so the problem, you know, you, you and me were spending a lot of time watching the, the Wake Forest-Notre Dame game real closely this past week. And, and I was so focused, fixated on, on how disappointing Wake Forest was uh that i i know the new quarterback for notre dame did well but i can't really remember specifically about him what was so good i mean but i but everything that i've heard you know leading into this game said that the actually the smart bet 
in this match is probably to take the over, but I'll but I'll go with the, I'll go with Notre Dame as well and just hope that the the hot hand continues for and I'll just stick to last names. It's Bunch is his last name, right? That's actually the actor that played Screech. <laughs> Brock Ian Brock? Is the, I'm Bunch is the names. Yeah, Bunch <laughs> Nebraska. is Nebraska. Bunch yeah. is actually Nebraska. the main character in Crazy Ex Girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, uh, anyway. Last but not least, you guys uh, most likely did not listen to Sunday's show, but I went on a rant about how BYU is underrated, and then the lines makers gift me 17 and a half points going on the road to Washington. Talk about lock of the week. Give me the Cougars. I will take uh, BYU. I don't think Washington's really blowing anyone out personally. That's that's my opinion. Rob, what do you think? Give me give me Washington to blow them out. Uh, this is where this is where I think talent generally wins out. It's a road game at Washington. Also, I'm a little bit concerned that I'm, I don't want to take all <laughs> all these road teams, which it seems like I've taken every road team. Uh, I think Washington is more talented at every position. And I think they also have one of the best coaches in college football. So to me, that equates a cover. My problem is Browning. I don't like, I don't, I'm, I'm out on Browning. Um, he may, he's, he seems to be like too hot and cold. So that, that's why I like, uh, that's why I like the Cougs. But uh, the line is going up with a lot of the bets coming in on BYU. So sources would say you're probably right, Rob, and I probably won't uh, follow my own advice. Nick, what do you think? Well, I mean, first of all, this is not the first time I've heard you make so many references about wanting the Cougs, so um, <laughs> that's not surprising with your choice there. Uh, but but so so I I would say I, I'm going to go with BYU in the because I also agree with you that Browning is what BYU is going to try and do. In my opinion, is probably slow the game down and grind it out and keep Browning off the field. And if Browning hasn't uh, shown well, you know with a with a large quantity of throws you know and he has limited opportunities and he's pressing a little bit maybe BYU can steal at least cover right yeah can, i don't can, think they're going to win can we do a quick aside on wake forest you mentioned them earlier about how disappointing you thought they were they are the acc iowa state every year people want you to believe that wake forest is finally a good football team they are never a good football team they are always average to a below average football team and every year there's some narrative where, you know, this is the year they're really going to break through. People are sleeping on Wake Forest and then they just, you know, they win maybe seven games is like, you know, their Super Bowl season. I, I don't understand how we continue to get duped by Iowa State and Wake Forest. Well, they were they were disappointing to us last week because it was such a tasty line in that specific game because everybody thought that they that with the new the the new quarterback for Notre Dame was an unknown quantity at the time and there was some talk about working Wimbush in and everybody thought that Notre Dame wasn't going to put up the the amount of points that they did and they just ended up smoking them so yeah um, that, that was think, the big disappointment with yeah, last week think, specifically yeah I think Nick and I made our pick based on Wimbush playing not book um so that's <laughs> what yeah not or bunch. Nick, yeah not uh <laughs> not Dennis Haskins. All right, let's get into the topics. That's a big, pretty busy week this week, especially for this podcast, considering the greatest quarterback of all times has been discussed over how many years have we called Trevor that on this podcast, Rob? Three or four now? Since his junior year in high school, yeah. Yeah, since he became the greatest player of all time. And guess what? He has now cleaned house, the quarterback slayer, the fourth Clemson quarterback to leave uh, in the past nine months since he joined the team, Kelly Bryant, after being benched in favor of Trevor, leaves. And it kind of set off a little bit of a mini firestorm yesterday. 
because he came out and felt, said, you know, I felt like it was a slap in the face getting benched. He was mad about it. Uh, he decided to leave. Dabo took the high road, you know, and was basically saying, hey, you know, we were up front with him. We decided we made the decision now. We could have, you know, started him this week and then he would have been here for the, the whole season. So it's, how does this shake it's out? It's unfortunate for Kelly Bryant because, you know, even when you have a job and you're doing relatively well at your job, and then the son of man comes down off the cross and decides he wants your job. There's really nothing you can do to keep your job. Yeah, who are you telling? Uh, <laughs> you know, I've had the closest Kelly Bryan experience of any of the three of us on this podcast no, over true. the past over the past couple of years. Um, but I feel like Dabo did the right thing, taking the high road. He answered the questions. You know, sometimes. You know, I think especially, you know, for the cynical types like us, it could come off as a little bit disingenuous, but you can't really fault him for anything he did. I mean, he told the kid after the fourth game, before the fifth game, hey, we're going with Trevor, which I believe is basically what you and I all, we all expected, you know, three or four games for Trevor to be the guy. And I just think. You know, it's a it's a bummer for Kelly, who you know I I knew really well when he was in high school. Um, I hit up somebody yesterday who told me that sixteen schools have already reached out, so it's not like he's going. Well, according gonna to Twitter, he's already set official visits to thirty three to thirty three campuses, so he's gonna have, he's gonna have a busy next week. Who's pushing Who's pushing that agenda on Everyone. Twitter? Every like a reporter from every school has at least tried to milk some content that of Kelly Bryant is going to that school. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, and uh, I mean, did you guys? What do we think? This was an unintended consequence of the transfer rule. Are we in favor of it? I mean, I am. I personally think guys should be able to do whatever they want. Now they get to save a year and playing games. It is going to add like a more free agency feel to college football. But guess what? I think it's fun. The quarterback uh, Nick, depth we, is going to be interesting. I think. I mean, there's going to be none. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Quarterbacks are always – we've already saw walk-on uh, Andrew Bunch, as Nick re- referenced earlier, playing at Nebraska because they only had one. Do you think this is a situation where schools go back to taking two guys in every class? Instead of taking just one high, highly rated guy, maybe they try to take two, you know, one one top guy and then one developmental guy and see how it works out. I personally think that would be the smart way to go. I mean, I, I have to think a lot of schools were – are now re reevaluating their whole theory on quarterback recruiting. Well, unless you're one of the schools that gets one of these high profile transfers to come in. Right. So, um, but that was, but that, you know, that, that's what I was going to say with Rob in the depth of quarterback at Clemson specifically. I mean, you know, we all expected, we all expected this to happen with Trev, but, but so now who, now who's behind him on Clemson? I mean, I, I know he's not a, a runner or a dual threat per se, but Chase you know, Bryce, baby. Oh, yeah, it's okay. Chase. Okay, yeah. So he just stuck it out, but that, that's a pretty good. That's a pretty good example of finding a guy that we had ranked uh, relatively high, and he was still somewhat of a, you know, I guess somewhat of a developmental uh, player as well. So I think that's kind of the sweet spot you got to hit if you're one of these upper echelon programs, right? Yeah, you have to find a guy who. You know, as I remember, if you remember, Chase came in in the same class as uh, Hunter Johnson. And then when Trevor committed, it was before signing day. And everyone's like, Chase, you got to get out of there, man. You're never going to play. Why are you going to Clemson? And I believe on this very podcast, Chase told us, hey, 
I want to go to school at Clemson. People always say, pick the school you'd go to if you weren't playing football. So I want to go to Clemson. I'm going to play football. I'm going to give it a shot. And I mean, you know, after redshirting last year, he's played a little bit this year. My guess would be Chase will graduate in three years. And if he wants to leave, if they recruit a bunch of young guys after Trevor, he can do that. But I mean, in the meantime, he's one snap away from being on the field, which is crazy to think considering how everyone told him how dumb he was when he was in high school. And the same thing we can be, we can say the same thing for our boy, Mac Jones too, at this point. Right. I mean, and two is a guy that's definitely going to be moving around out there and, and, uh, now all of a sudden he's in an advantageous position. Uh, right, he, might exactly. actually have to, he might actually have to do something. I know we've seen the, <laughs> him enjoying the lifestyle. Now he's got to earn it. Right? <laughs> po- I mean, it's just a litany of podcast guests we're naming off here. This podcast is the official podcast for quarterbacks that just want to chill. <laughs> I'll, I'll go. I'll back up. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is that. Well, guess what? We did have, uh, we did have Trevor on the show. He is playing, but uh, well, he wants to chill too. But of course, when you're the son of Jesus, we uh, know he's going to take your job. <laughs> Be careful, Rob. We can't get you in trouble on your return episode already. Uh, Anyway, well, we're going to be, you know, with the depth issues, he's going to be thrown into a starting role here pretty soon. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Yeah. Speaking <laughs> of transfers. So, hold on. What's the last name on the back of Jesus's jersey? Is it of Nazareth? I think no. it's Christ. No, Christ. Of yeah. Nazareth is just his nickname. It's I don't like, think Christ is Mary and Joseph's last name. Like, I don't think that, like, when he enrolled at school or whatever, he was in there. His, his first name, Jesus' last name's Christ. He would play for the Nazareth, uh, the, like the Nazareth would be the the city, and then we got to come up with a team. Well, Listen, this Nazareth, is you, Rob. If you want these questions answered, go on the Rivals Rankings podcast, where those guys know <laughs> more about this topic. You're talking, you're asking the wrong two people. Um, so anyway, <laughs> let's move on. Speaking of transfers, we had some controversy involving one Mike Gundy. Uh, he, of all people, uh, had Jalen McCleskey transfer, which was crazy because he was their uh, coming into the year was like their best wide receiver was a Bolitnikoff, uh, watch list. He already had 15 catches this year, but he decides to leave the team claiming he hasn't been targeted enough. Uh, which, which is really crazy to me considering he's a fourth year senior who's played since his freshman year. So he decides to transfer. Gundy comes out and actually says, you know, hey, you know, it's a bummer, yada, yada. We're sad to see him go, but it's his right to leave. He basically takes the high road. That was on Monday. Then uh, our boy Joey Sanat, who is the associate professor at Oklahoma State University, uh, appears to be a journalism professor, tweets, an OSU SID on behalf of coach Mike Gundy threatened the press corps with the loss of player availability for the rest of the season. If any one of them asked players Tuesday about a player's departure this week, how did the reporters respond? Silence via pack journalism. They decided not only to not ask the question, but not tell the public what happened. Uh, imagine if an elected official had told the press corps at city hall, the Capitol, or any other beat not to ask a question, they would be banned from speaking with staff. So, of course, you know, he gets a bunch of people responding to him being like, oh, fake news media. I wouldn't. Tell, I'd never I'd never do interviews if, if I were a coach, uh, which is not how it works. <laughs> uh, Rob, I, this is right in your wheelhouse. 
he basically made this a much bigger story now than it had to be, correct? Well, we go through this whole thing, and I'm not saying they're the same thing because they're definitely not. One is football and one is not, where we think that the culture of silence and the culture of all this is a problem with college football. Nobody wants to reveal secrets. These coaches are bullies. You know, they shut everybody out. And then Gundy goes right to this on a much less serious matter, obviously, and expects there not to be blowback. If I was one of these reporters, I would have freaked out. Um, I don't think I really needed to say that <laughs> out loud. But I, I just, I don't know. I don't understand where these coaches get off thinking that they are the, you know, they're the manipulators of the media. They're the boss of the media. And I think people, especially some football fans and football coaches from outside, see this a relationship between a reporter and a coach should be that of equals. Uh, I, you know, the coach is not the reporter's boss. He's not their superior. We don't need to address them with respect as some other coaches believe that take your hat off when you're speaking to a head coach, uh, situation. I, I don't, I don't know who's told these people. It's a bluff anyway. He would not have revoked everybody's access. If that beat bands together and ask those questions, Oklahoma state, just not going to get covered by the media for the rest of, for the rest of the season. Well, but there's, there's no way he would not have done it. Well, right. But, but I'm just saying like, I mean, you don't think you don't think every football coach isn't I mean, like what what football coach wants to talk to the media? You know what I mean? Like they want to they want to go there and do the job. Like imagine like if you had let, let's say let's say we had reporters covering us and the job that we do. And we had to we had to not only do our job and then we had to like talk about the job that we did to people covering us. Like you, you could if I'm especially knowing Mike Gundy and his disposition and his history with the media as it is like don't you think that he could walk away from that in a second obviously <laughs> he would like he, he would not be he would not even think twice about you know not having to speak to the media about certain things my question is no but i mean if, the athletic if, director would put pressure on him is what i'm saying you can't just have a well, season it, it would not work it's an empty bluff once that leaked out that oklahoma state had taken players off limits from the media because of this there would have been a, a, a mutiny. There's no way that they would have been able to stick. To also, if somebody was paying me a million dollars a year to do my job, I would let Joe off the street ask me about my job. <laughs> you would still yell. You would definitely have a "I'm a man, I'm forty" type freak out. One hundred percent. But I wouldn't try to tell Joe he's off limits to my program. Well, the the thing that the thing that I want to know is so so what what is it that he was afraid that the players were going to say about McCluskey leaving the program that he didn't want. You know, that's the, that's the question, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, culture of silence. I have no idea what he could pot. Yeah. What they could possibly say. And not to mention, here's what would happen as all three of us have been in these stupid Tuesday media availabilities at colleges, which are essentially useless. I would say maybe you hope like, Oh, I gotta, I gotta get something for my notebook. I gotta get some stupid feature out of the way. I gotta write a story about how, Everyone's ready to go for this week's game, you know. Re- so bad. I got news for you. If I'm at Oklahoma State, what's the story this week? Cowboys looking to bounce back after a surprising loss. Oh, we got ahead of ourselves, and we just need to get back to basics and blah, blah, blah. Everybody needs so, to buy in this week. Yeah. Right, yeah. We just didn't, you know, we just had some mental errors. We got to fix those. So all, all they had to say was, hey, you know, player X, what do you think about McCluskey leaving? Oh, you know, he's a great guy. We'd love to have a part of the team, but we're ready to just go forward with the guys that are here and, you know, keep their ultimate goal of winning the conference and blah, blah, blah. 
and that's it. You really don't even have a follow-up question. Oh, do you think any other players will leave? No, nah, we're a family here. No one else is leaving. And then the story is players not phased with McCleskey's departure. Don't you think that's exactly how it would play out? 100%. So, like, to make this a giant deal is insane, uh, in my opinion. And was was one of two as yesterday uh, friend of the show, Randy Etzel, also walked out. He did walk out, Nick. He walked, well, he walked right out because somebody asked him about Wake Forest firing their defensive coordinator. And he was like, I know what you're getting at, and basically just bailed <laughs> on the press conference. <laughs> so, what these coaches should do is take a page out of the old Bill Snyder book, where if there was like a pressing situation happening, he would wait for some idiot TV guy to ask him a question like it was Thanksgiving week, like, oh, you know, what are you thankful for? And then he would form like a 17 or 19 minute answer and just run the clock out. It's one of the most greatest things to behold in the <laughs> history of coaching. You can't, you can't give him those opportunities because he will run the clock out on you. And that's what I would do too. Well, I have a feeling that if, if you, especially if, if you and I were coaches, I don't know, I don't know how media, how much the media would, li- would like us. I definitely would. How, who would have the worst freak out me or you? Would you? Nick, what do you think? Uh, Rob, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could get that. That might that may be an upset for the people at home, but I think Rob would definitely, something bad would happen, a bad loss, and somebody would ask a stupid question because he goes, Rob hates stupid questions. And I think, the I agree. Between, you're probably a looser cannon than I am, but when I blow, I think I blow harder than you. Well, yeah, I mean, what, like, what do you, you'll, you'll make, I, I could see a situation where your, your, your tolerance level will be a little bit higher because you can make fun of the reporters for a little bit longer before Rob's views would run out on the other end of the I'd table. Flip over a table or something. There, there was a time where somebody who works uh, in the Rivals Network has a, has a habit of doing this thing where he will text you and ask you about a player and say, does this guy talk? <laughs> Hey, does this guy talk? And he'll text you that. And one time he texted it to Rob and Rob called me in a fit of rage. He was like, yes, he's physically capable of speaking. Is that what you want to know? (laughs) And it always makes me laugh, especially Mm -hmm. when I get this this guy talk text message, which I haven't gotten in a while. Uh, I have. I've been getting it. Well, you know, shocker, they all talk. They all have tongues and can speak. None of them are mute. It's amazing. <laughs> anyway, all right, let's move on. We got to, we got to, we got to get rolling. We spent way too much time on that. I want, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, Corte Sap in Tennessee. This, this topic's kind of died down over the past few days. Uh, for those that didn't see it, Tennessee four-star linebacker Corte Sap, who, who was, a, I think, a favorite of mine and Nick's when he was in high school. He was fun to watch uh, up at Old Milton up the road. He left in the middle of the game in Tennessee's loss to Florida and Jeremy Pruitt came out after the game and said he had been asked to go back in the game. He refused. So they sent him to the locker room. Corte then took to Twitter. And in one of the, you know, best written notes app posts by a football player ever. I don't know if, did you read it, Rob? I I saw it. I, I can't really remember what it said. It was high quality, but anyway, go go take a look at it. It's on Corte's Twitter. Basically said, that's not what happened. Uh, there was a sideline altercation. The other person had to be held back. 
And, oh, I read uh, it. Yeah, now I remember it. Yeah, and then I and then I left. So uh, Pruitt came out on Monday and kind of squashed the whole thing, basically saying, "Cortez, you know, come to me and we sat down." <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, they they ironed it out. That was, that was a quote. Uh, they ironed it out, and Corte's still on the team. I expected to see you know Corte's transferring, especially because he didn't play very much in that game, if at all. Uh, even after being you know a starter last season, they changed defenses. Obviously, my question is: these bumps in the road. Okay, we've got we've got Tennessee struggling, and they're headed into a gauntlet, which is just brutal. We have you know Willie Taggart, obviously you know. <laughs> Two and two, same same situation, struggling badly. Our boy Scott Frost is zero and three. <sighs> has it always been like? My question is for for you guys: Has it always been like this, where we're so you know wondering, like, oh, is this guy a failure? Like, I mean, because we've seen people struggle at other places and given them time. Is it just uh, you know classic microwave society situation? Like, because it's you know. Say what you want about Butch Jones and how badly he left everything. He did have a bad first year, and then they won nine games, I think, in back-to-back seasons, if I remember right. Um, so, so Rob, what do you what do you what do you think about these new coaches? When is it time? When is it okay to freak out, or, or do you just say, do we just throw out the first year entirely, or do you think there are signs we should be worried about? I think year it's a one? case by case basis. I think Pruitt probably has a a bigger uphill climb than people and don't get me started on the Florida state thing. Then, then maybe Florida state. I think it's fair to expect more from Willie Taggart than it is to expect from Jeremy Pruitt. When you look at the rosters and the history, right? So I don't think any two places are, are created equal in that way. So I, I guess the answer, I know it's not a sexy answer, but I, I think it is a case by case basis. I think that you have to look at what they were left with. You have to look at the schedule. You have to look at the other extenuating factors. You know, is there a player mutiny in the locker room? Uh, you know, I, I just don't think that you can, Broad, broadly sweep. Okay, you need to give this all first year coaches should have time, or uh, you know, all of them should be judged on their first year. That's just not how it should work. Well, my my concern, you know, obviously you don't want to have him fighting with the player, but at the same time, yeah, I think know, one I of heard a, I, fine, right? But if he's fighting with every player on the roster, that's when it's like, all right, right. Well, I heard a podcast recently talking about Nick Saban, where they said the first year he came in to Alabama. People are like, oh, this guy's, you know, seniors on the team were like, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. He's a dumbass. Uh, you know, see you later, which obviously <laughs> that didn't turn out to be true. I think I think it's harder for us to be patient. It's harder for fans at the specific schools I mentioned. I I went back and revisited, uh, you know, I, I thought I had it. I must be on my other computer. I went back and revisited, you know, some of the tweets from when Pruitt got hired. And I remember telling people, like, you guys got to chill. Like, you know, you're not going to win eight games next season. And the people are like, no, once Pruitt comes in, he's going to coach him up. And it's like, uh, oh, here we go. I found it. We're going to tweet of the week early. Okay. December 9th, uh, you know, Jesse Simonton tweeted, uh, Jeremy Pruitt lost eight games in five seasons as a defensive coordinator. He's inheriting a program that just suffered its first eight loss season in school history. The tendency turnaround will take time. Now there's a bunch of people responding like, what are you talking about, Jesse? You're dumb, blah, blah, blah. So I said, based on the replies to Jesse's tweet, it does not seem like the Vols fans are going to be patient. Tons of defections plus lack of development means the new staff will need time to rebuild. Okay. 
So this guy says, it's undeniable that Tennessee has talent. Butch brought in top recruiting class after top recruiting class. He lacked leadership and didn't earn the trust and respect of players. We have to be patient, but Pruitt isn't walking into as bad of a situation as it seems. Okay. <laughs> so that's the mindset of the Tennessee fans right there. Uh, you know, it went on from me saying, look, you know, the last two classes were number 15, which doesn't include some players who already left. The roster isn't loaded. Um, and he said, he said, put it in your calendar right now. <laughs> okay. I said, how many wins? He said, eight. <laughs> he said, eight wins. Okay. Like, have you engaged this man? That means they would. Uh huh. Have you engaged him? Since? Oh, I engaged him. I said, I said, okay, how about this? I said, if they win eight or more games, I will buy you a five-year subscription to Rivals. If not, you have to buy five subscriptions for friends. And he said, you got a deal. I got the screenshot. So De- Devin Zederico, I'm coming for you soon. <laughs> you know, I had I, I gotten the same thing with the Texas fans last year, and the guy actually ended up donating to the Boys and Girls Club for me, which was nice. So with with the Tennessee, that is a nice story. With with the Tennessee situation, I mean, we all had talked about the situation that Pruitt was in, as far as you know, the timetable, what, what like things that we've heard uh, from behind the scenes about you know the overall opinion of the development of the team coming out of fall camp. Even you know what I mean? Like there's they were switching positions of guys. They were trying to find answers for uh, big problems that are revealing themselves now. Like like nobody nobody on on this end thought that Tennessee was going to be. Uh, was going to be a, a quick starter uh, this year. And, and Pruitt wasn't even their first choice. They would have rather had Frost. You remember, you know, I mean, so, so they were going, they were going down <laughs> do the I list. remember? They would have rather had Frost, Leach, Gundy, John. <laughs> right, right. So for, so for them, so for them to finally get Pruitt and just think because he comes from, from the Alabama coaching tree, all of a sudden he's, you know, he's got the golden touch. Like that's not, that was never going to be the case. I think, I think Frost probably, of, of, of the three coaches that we were talking about, Frost is probably the most unfortunate case right now because because Nebraska should have been, you know, I think people looked at what, what he did at UCF and said, if he can do that at UCF, there are, even, even if Nebraska was down, there still theoretically should have been a higher level overall talent uh, based there on the Nebraska roster than there was at UCF. And for them to claim a national championship, rightly or wrongly, you know, just increase that that target on are his we, back. Are we going to do the thing that, where we're pretending the Florida State didn't have a, a, a dump truck full of talent? Are we going to do this like the Florida State fans are doing it? Well, now? but well, I think I think from from what I've what I and you can maybe you I'm sure you've watched more FSU games than me. But, you know, as much as I've talked about how much I like watching DeAndre throw the football. He's just really not been that good. You know what I mean? And 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 I think and I think Taggart, the the hype machine around Taggart. I mean, he was play, He's living off goodwill from from his days at USF because I mean, that one season that he was at Oregon. What was his? What did he have? Seven wins. Yeah. And then he comes here, and then and then we've talked about he didn't get he. You know, the coaching staff that he assembled wasn't necessarily the guys that were his first options there either. And then DeAndre took a, a step back ever since he got injured in that Alabama game. Forget about well, it. Well, the offensive line has been a disaster, but it, I don't think it's. I don't think Taggart is a bad coach, and I don't think that we know if he's a, if he's going to be good at Florida State. I think it's too early to judge. But for some reason, the, everybody has just decided that Jimbo ruined the team and that there's no talent there now. Like that—that's what the narrative has become. Is that well, you know, he really took over a bad situation. You know, Mike Farrell's three-point stance this week. He was talking about how Jimbo had quit on the team and the team was in shambles. They had a top-five recruiting class the last four years. I. I, that's not shambles. Even if, even if they missed on guys, and they did, like Malik Henry didn't pan out. There were guys that didn't pan out. Even if they missed on guys, it's still 
a roster full of four and five star players. And now we're pretending that it's, you know, we're pretending that he took over well, Buffalo. That's exactly, that's exactly the Tennessee argument we were just talking about, essentially. You know what well, I mean? No, but I mean, no, but Florida State has way more talent. If, if we're going by recruiting rankings, Florida State's classes are much better than the ones Butch brought in Tennessee. No, but yeah, I'm saying from a perception standpoint, though, I mean, that's it's the same, the same well, sort of language it's, there. It's not a, I think personally, you know, so by the way, if you if, if we are talking about just real quick on Tennessee, their last three classes were 15, 15, 20. So, I mean, that's not to, to say like we're loaded, you know, obviously those, okay, you should probably in the theory have a top 25 team, but considering attrition and lack of development, that's the problem. Now you could use the lack of development argument with Florida state. The bottom line with Florida state, they have a good defense. In my opinion, I like their defense. The problem is, their, their whole problem on their whole team is their offensive line. If they could, if they could trade two of those five-star linebackers for two four-star defensive linemen, you know, that, that's, that's the main issue. And I think, I don't know how you solve it. And I, I, because as Rob will tell you, there are not, you know, elite offensive linemen in the state of Florida aren't exactly, you know, just, just walking around. It's been better and right now. Recently, in the last two or three years, it's actually a decent year down here for, I mean, as far as Florida goes, I mean, we're never going to be Ohio or whatever, wherever those dudes come from or Texas. Well, but I'm saying like the, 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 right now they have who they have Charles Cross from Laurel, Mississippi. He might be a, see a Juco guy. He might be, I don't know. No, he's a high school player who is a three star and they have Dante Lucas, who is, you know, by all means the real deal, but you need about – they're going to need four more guys at that position, don't you think? And some, some junior college players and maybe some grad transfers. Yeah, it's it's a tough situation there up front. And it, like, you're right. It, it is – it is that is the root of all the problems. I just don't understand how that translated to Jimbo Fisher was a bad coach. Well, we talked about this. It must have been on – you know what it was? It was on the other podcast with Lackford because Lackford was trying to spin this, that narrative also. I said, you know, and I said, well, what is it? You know, tell me what, why the Florida State fans have made this narrative up that Jimbo is the worst coach ever. And basically it's because he quit during the year. Now I understand, look, you could hate him, but he, you can't say he left the program in shambles because he didn't. Okay. They had a bad season and guess what? They still went to a bowl game, <laughs> right? Like, even in shambles, the the problem seems to be, I just think, you know, I think Willie Taggart treats the point in, point in his career where he needs a true offensive coordinator. I know he likes to call the plays. You know, I'd like to see that change. And they just look a little helter-skelter. I think, you know, there's some issues. We saw his team at Oregon last year led the nation in penalties. I think Florida State's having some issues with penalties this year. So some of those problems are going to linger. But you know, he's going to have a shorter lease, though, because the team he took over, while was, it wasn't great, it was not, you know, that far removed, you know, from being elite. And uh, as opposed to, I just think if I'm a Tennessee fan, I've just got to chill out. As much as it sucks to have your team be terrible, and Nick Kruger can tell you, Nick, <laughs> you know, you fan of the Orlando Magic, fan of the Jacksonville Jaguars, fan of the Florida Marlins or Miami Marlins, whatever they want to be called now, if they still have a team. You can attest to, look, at some point you just got to chill and wait because there's nothing you can do and firing a coach and wanting to run people out and, you know, saying how bad the players suck on the team and all that. It just, it just isn't the, it's not the way to go because you just have to be patient and sit it out. Uh, and Rob too, Rob, you're a Mets fan, me, a Portland Trailblazers fan. None of our teams win titles. 
And uh, when they bring out the two, they point, do like a reunion for the 2013 Florida State National Champions and they roll Jimbo out there. Will they boo him because he's so terrible? I don't think he would go. I don't think they're doing a fight. No, but I mean, game. down the road. I mean, apparently he's the worst. Oh, no. Ru- ruin him. the program. They'll cheer him. I don't know, though. They might boo him if, if, well, the if, Ta- if Taggart keeps losing games, they'll cheer him <laughs> for sure. <laughs> That's a, it'll be a comeback Jimbo chant. Well, guess what? I think uh, luckily Florida State plays Louisville this weekend. So I think uh, they'll be back to their winning ways at least for one week. So that's our assessment on all the new coaches uh, sort of all over the place. But I mean, to be fair, that'll be a, that'll be two new, in right? a row. They won last week, too. They played uh, Northern Illinois, correct? Northern Illinois, yeah, they scored a touchdown with 11 seconds left to uh, give it a comfortable margin of 37 to 19. <laughs> As Willie's been known to do, get those late touchdowns uh, if he does anything. So uh, we mentioned uh, Tweet of the Week. You subtweet people all the time. You're nothing but an embarrassment. I read a tweet earlier. I don't think you guys got anything special. No. Nah. That's it. it seems like a seems like a hard no. I know Lackford sent me one. I forgot. I did read a story yesterday. This extinct elephant bird that lived on the island of Madagascar may have weighed as much as seventeen thousand pounds, and it regains its title as the largest bird that ever lived. So, um, I'm t- I'm just sick of all these different animals claiming titles every <laughs> every year. Um, they ain't put nobody. Check. Yeah. <laughs> Who did they play? They played back in the 17th century. They played the Miami uh, YMCA. They were so big. Why did they go extinct? Um, <laughs> Nick Saban would never let his team go extinct. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, we did have a Bill Snyder story. Uh, do you want to talk about it, Rob? I forgot about it. Uh, I am only vaguely familiar with it. He, he made a quarterback change without telling his assistants, apparently. That's standard Bill stuff i i you know <laughs> i don't i'm not too surprised by it for somebody that was on that beat forever he's he's kind of you know everything starts and ends with him he's one of these one voice philosophy guys where his assistants aren't even allowed to talk to the media so anybody surprised by it i don't think has followed him very long okay so that wraps that up real quick we're we are we are running to the finish line i gotta get i got i got about seven hours on the road today so we're gonna keep keep it moving uh rants and recommendations nick uh, given this is uh, your swan song, you have a rant here, and we will cede the floor to you. Do, to we, can we let him go last? Because I have a recommendation. We should let Nick finish the show, shouldn't we? Well, I've got a funny story too. So, what, Nick, what my, do you mine's think? very brief. Mine's very brief. I'll get. I'll knock it out real quick. Okay, you go first. So, so my 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 big issue is people now on Twitter and other forms of social media saying, "I saw somebody say this," and then they'll post like a meme of some kind. And then they'll, in turn, take the likes and the retweets, uh, you know, and any sort of like social social media like kudos without giving credit to the person that they said this someone was. They'll say like someone told me what he looks like, the Grand Tetons or something like that. <laughs> and then they'll hey listen i'm on my way out folks so i'm, I'm letting it all go so, so the uh but you but you see what i'm saying it's like it's like if you wrote a story woody and i said and i said so, someone told uh, and i sourced you without naming you and i said someone told me that this this happened and then i took all the credit for it and you know that's just poor form in my opinion i don't like it it's an extension of the people that steal a meme and then repost it and say who did this which is basically just 
what you say when you steal something now. Exactly. You steal something, you say, who right. did this, fam? Which, <laughs> which apparently if you say that, it's okay to just steal other people's content. Yeah, it's the, you, the, the place where you screenshotted it from, that's who did it. It's a, yeah. pretty, it's a, pretty, simple, it's a pretty simple mystery to, to figure out. <laughs> no way to go, Scooby. Right. Uh, okay, Rob, you got a recommendation? What do you got? This, I know this is going to sound crazy, but I watched a USA show that was actually good. Maybe, I don't know. I think maybe this might be critically acclaimed. I don't know. I, I'm serious. I'm dead serious. I don't, re- I don't recommend bad television shows. It is called Sinner. And it is on USA and it has Jessica, it stars Jessica Biel. And it's one of the more interesting te- network television shows I've seen in maybe a decade. It was really good. I watched the first season. It feels like it's maybe an anthology where it's kind of like one of these psychological thriller shows where this woman stabs somebody to death on a beach. And then they spend the rest of the show trying to figure out why. Cause she's like, you know, a, a suburban housewife uh, and she just snaps and kills this person on the beach. And then, you know, the rest of the seven episodes, it's really short and compact it's really good and not like network television show good, like actual good television, like prestige television. Uh, I, w- I think it probably won some awards. I think it's actually probably reviewed pretty well. Um, I-, I don't know. I don't know where I don't it came know. from. I don't know how it ended up on USA. I don't know how Jessica Biel ended up in it, but it's a really good show and I think you should watch it. Well, I'll watch anything. I knew you'd laugh at me when I said USA because I laughed at myself when I started it. It's good. It is actually good. Give it a run. Uh, this this from the man who how many episodes in did you give up on your Game of Thrones rewatch? Four, and I don't think I don't think Game of Thrones is I don't think it's bad. I never said I thought it was bad. I I just don't think it's uh, for me. Like I think Game of Thrones is probably a really awesome show. I just things with flying dragons and set in that kind of setting, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, that kind of thing, are just not for me. That doesn't mean they're objectively bad. That doesn't mean they're terrible. I'm sure it's great. It's just not made for me. I, and okay, well, take take Rob's recommendation on some. You know, it comes on right after Burn Notice. I think. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you. I am telling you. I, I knew that you would laugh because I laughed at myself. It, it, it's the greatest upset of all time that the show is actually good. Oh, how about this? The series received critical acclaim with Beale's performance being praised. Uh, website Rotten Tomatoes has an approval rating of 95%. How about that? Man, I'm telling you. Boy, who has good taste in this group? I uh, USA <laughs> show. Let me ask you a question. Did you start watching the show because you saw the commercials during wrestling? 100% yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. That is exactly how, how this came into my life. Yeah. I rest my case, Your Honor. Um, all right. I'll probably check it out if I have time. I'm still watching American Vandal, which I'm telling you is comedic genius. If I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times. Man, so, man, man uh, takes dump all over my show and then praises show that's about man drawing penis. <laughs> well, season, no, no. Season, two, season two is all about poop. It so. is. It's it funny is that you show. made the dump reference. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you said a dump uh, because season two is about poop. And guess what? Rivals is mentioned in season two, folks, of American Vandal. The American Vandal creators, clearly fans of Rivals. Probably podcast uh, so listeners. Maybe they're, maybe they're getting you back for, for tipping your hat to the show last season. Yeah, big shout to them. Um, so do you guys want to – now, I told you guys this story already. So should I tell, should I tell that gas pump story where I, where I was the gas pump Vandal? Do you think anybody would be interested yeah, in that? Yeah, you can tell that story because I, I have my own personal experience with that all of a sudden. Okay, so real quick, uh, I'm in a hurry last week. I go to the gas station. All the pumps are full. 
I see what I believe to be an open pump. Uh, you know, I got a, I got a, I got a shimmy through two cars and come around. So it's on the right side. I pull up, I get out of my car. Little do I know there's a moped, you know, parked askew, uh, in front of the pump. Well, I look at the pump. It's not been prepaid. Uh, the moped is just kind of sitting there. So I say, uh, in a Snapchat, which I believe I sent to both of you guys, you snooze, you lose. <laughs> I then put my credit card in and start pumping gas. Uh, which point, no, no sooner did I hit send on the you snooze, you lose uh, Snapchat, than the guy whose moped it was comes out and says, hey, what are you doing? And I said, uh, I'm pumping gas. <laughs> what are you doing? And he said, why, didn't you see my moped there? And I said, yeah, I saw it. And he said, well, why did you start pumping gas? And I said, well, you weren't pumping gas. I didn't know what you were doing. And he said, well, I went inside to pay, to pay. And I said, who pays inside with cash? Don't you have a credit card? <laughs> and now it turns into a semantics thing. This guy is now getting pretty angry with me while also wearing his moped helmet, uh, which was the best part of all of the whole story is he's got glasses on. And obviously, he's riding a moped. This is not exactly, you know, Joe Camel walking out here. Uh, and uh, we go round and round. Nevertheless... I did a real, a real uh, D bag, uh, alpha male move, and he told me to take the pump out. He's like, he's like, take the pump out. I want to pump my gas, you know. And it was basically calling me, you know, an a hole and stuff like that. And I said, oh, you can pump gas when I'm finished. Uh, maybe the next time you use your credit card, I filled up my tank. But you know, in the, the Jeep Grand Cherokee, humble brag is a that's a sixty dollar fill up. That's twenty gallons we're talking about. So it was, it was an awkward. 30 to 45 seconds of uh, basically silence after I refused to stop pumping. And then I left and I cackled and I called Rob and I laughed about it some more. And, you know, sorry, I'm a jerk. But in, in my defense, if a car is sitting in front of the gas pump and they're not pumping gas, this isn't the first time I've done this. I've pulled up with a real car there before. And just backed right up close to it and started pumping gas. Because guess what? I don't, you know, nobody's got time for that. If it's full, you got to pay at the pump. So, uh, I, I Nick, think my you favorite add, thing about it, you, and maybe not favorite, right. but the most amazing things about you is just for me, getting into an alter, like a verbal altercation with a stranger is a very rare thing. You know, it doesn't happen. It happens a few times a year. You somehow have a story of a verbal altercation with a stranger every single week. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much every week I'm getting into it with somebody. And this poor guy. But here's what I always think when I get into a verbal altercation with someone. This guy's got a great story to tell his friends on his podcast, right? Hey, can you believe this guy? Yeah. Now, to be fair, everybody does have a podcast these days. You know, I, I would think that like one in three people that you pass on the street probably has a podcast. It, well, of course, I got some real moped shots, and I was like, I didn't know if that thing even takes gas. I thought it might be electric. You know, I was a lot. Of, there were a lot of like real passive aggressive. Like, uh, I was like, when you when you go when you said it, like he was in a hurry or something, I was like, well, why is he taking a moped? <laughs> yeah, that's what he said. Yeah, he was like, he was like, I'm in a hurry. I need to go. I was like, I was, I was like, well, I guess you should have paid the pump. But yeah, he's on a moped. Why is he in a hurry? The poor, the poor guy. Now, what would I have done? What would Woody do? You mentioned, Rob, all these altercations. What would I do if I came out and someone was pumping gas at my thing? Can you guess? You would, uh, you would have taken the pump out of their car and sprayed them with it. I would have done that 
and or put it directly into my gas tank and filled up mine uh, with on their the money that they're paying. Yeah. Uh, Derek Sampson is calling me. That's never a good sign. Probably expenses related. Uh, <laughs> Big shot, hey, Derek. I am. I am. Uh, I, I'm, I'm under contract at Rivals.com. I'm going to answer it. You guys vamp for for one. Well, actually, never mind. I'll call him back. We're wrapping up. Uh, Nick, Man, it would have been your, great to put your... on speakerphone and take it on the podcast. Uh, I'm sure it's I'm sure it's expenses related. As I submitted two expense reports, that I had to redo reports from july somehow i don't know how i heard there were an f ton of ubers on there there were i actually did make a few uber mistakes which is yep that's a that's a samson a classic samson gripe too many ubers on the expense but i put on there you know personal charge and then i'll submit the payment so anyway nick do you have do you have an addition real quick well, I was just going to say, it's, it's so funny, the timing of this whole thing with the gas pump, because last night uh, I had to uh, go to the gas, there's a gas station pretty close to my house. I went down there, I had to grab some milk and some other things. Uh, but also I had a, a leak in the, in the in the tire. I had a rental car at the time. I had a leak in the back left tire. It's nine. It's like 9 p.m. or so. I go there, there's nobody at the air thing. Of course, I didn't have quarters with me, however, so I had to go inside and I had to get the milk, make change, et cetera, et cetera. And I come back out. And of course, somebody had backed their car to the air pump and was using the air pump, even though mine was sitting there. But you know what, though? Like uh, when he, you know, I, I <laughs> given the situation that you had just gone through, I didn't say anything. I just hung out by my car. And then when he was done, he actually walked the air hose over to me. And then I filled up the tire pressure. And then I was out of there. And everybody was, you know, very, very pleasant. It's amazing what happens when you other. handle situations like a grown adult. <laughs> Well, I have a guess thing before we go, real quick. Who are these people? What kind of low life scum would you have to be that scratch up the screens on gas pumps? Like, have you seen that? Like, with a credit card where, where it tells you, like, prompts your credit card and then you put in your zip code. Half of those things, it seems like people have taken keys just scratched into them for no reason. What benefit do you get out of defacing that except for making life harder for everybody else that uses that pump? I have been known. I did break a screen once at a gas station by punching it, but it wasn't. No, yeah, I'm not talking about that. That's out of frustration. I can understand that. But right. to take your key <laughs> and carve something in there just to make it hard to read for other people is one of the most low life, scummy things I can ever imagine doing. Yeah, I would never. I would never. I'd never dip uh, to that. Not everybody can afford an Xbox One and a PlayStation. You know, Bob. <laughs> what does that have to do with gas? I don't understand. Well, when you don't have anything else to do with your time, you find other ways to... <laughs> when I was your age, we didn't have newfangled video games. We vandalized things like normal kids. Yeah, yeah we vandalized things. Now you could just sit around watching gas station TV all day. <laughs> Which, it's, paint. Slash some tires. Steal a hood ornament, kid. Listen, if you want to vandalize a gas pump, please vandalize the speakers at gas station TV so I never have to hear. I will not go to gas stations that have gas station TV, by the way. I hate it so much. Um, it's equivalent, Rob, Mr. New York, to when you're riding in a cab and it's like the same. I just wish they turned the sound off on those things. Right. Like nobody wants to hear that. Uh, okay. Real quick wrapping up. We get, we did get it. We got a bad iTunes review, uh, two weeks ago, Rob, which said little girls with gossip was one star, but guess what? We get a, we get a review this week. Great part. Gossiping about is that Ohio state fan? I assume. No, he's, he, I mean, it's uh, typical as a bad review. Note, when a player that they rated did well, I, they take credit as if they were responsible for the success. Everyone had that player rated high, pathetic. 
What? So, uh, I don't, do we do yeah. that? I I don't know. So anyway, we we got uh, we did get redeemed by a podcast. A review that says "Great Pod," almost to one hundred reviews. Y'all are about to officially be mainstream. Great job on the podcast, guys. Always look forward to finding out which hosts will or won't be on each episode. <laughs> LOL. Uh, and uh, fitting uh, as uh, Nick will no longer be on the podcast after this week. Uh, Nick, we love you. Of course, you, Nick and I have been uh, friends and coworkers for nearly a decade, dating back to the first time he saw me steal uh, from a breakfast buffet at a, <laughs> at, a, at a hotel continental breakfast, loading my cargo shorts uh, with stuff. And we've been through plenty of ups and downs. So, Nick, Rob and I both love you. I think I speak for Rob as well. Rob, you, you want to? Yeah, give your, I'm going to uh, miss you, bud. I, I'm, it's been great getting to know you over the last what five years we've worked together. Mm-hmm, definitely, it's, yeah, it's been tough. You know, it's uh, it's been great, and I'll just remember the first time we didn't know each other very well, and we went out together in Tampa, and I vanished on you, and Woody had to explain to you that I just do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just yep. Rob. Uh, yeah, that's Rob. Worried I crossed you something serious in that in that scenario. <laughs> yeah. Just just like uh, Randy Etzel, Rob's been known to just disappear <laughs> from, from walk off famously one time just walked off into the night in a random neighborhood in, in Nashville. Nashville. Yeah, I mean literally into the darkness, like you could see him, and then he was gone. I wish it, it's my mo. But yeah, anyway, I'm 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 really happy that I got to know you, and we'll be in touch. It's not like this is goodbye. For sure. Yep. You guys are you guys have been great as great coworkers. I know you guys will continue to do well at Rivals, and I appreciate everybody that's uh, followed me since I've been in Texas. You can continue to do so, as I'll still be doing a similar job to what I've I've been doing. But uh, as far as uh, personally speaking, you know, you guys are great, and I'll see you guys real soon, no matter what. All right. Well, no more funny sound effects because I don't know how to produce. A I guess podcast, this means I have to full time. So. Re- I guess I have to full time return to the podcast now. That's right, Rob. You have to come back. We're going to have to call Lackford off the bench. We're going to have to go deep. So guess what? If you want to see someone on the podcast, leave it in the review section. Uh, we're sorry we have a rotating cast of characters. Sunday, that's our Sunday. That's our bit, though. We have been trying to rotate to try to get some new people on on Sunday. Some have gotten high marks. Some have gotten low marks. Uh, Lackford, of course, wants to be on every episode because that's what he does. I can uh, do next Sunday. This Sunday, I can't because I'm going to be driving back, and it's the David Wright farewell game, so I'll need my schedule cleared. But uh okay that's it uh who are you more sad to see go nick or david wright (laughs) considering david wright's been pretty much dead for the last three years uh probably nick Uh, i kind of made my peace with never seeing david wright again nick i assume i will see again all right uh anyway nick we love you podcast listeners we love you too leave us a review m deuce play us out